Show Me The Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my Show Me The Science podcast. This week, it's quite an important one, a bit more serious actually than previous ones I would have done. And it's really about, dare I mention the word pandemic, because I know we're all sick of COVID, aren't we? But one of my jobs is to keep an eye on what's coming next. And I am on the COVID advisory group uh, to the government uh, and we're trying to watch what might happen next. And one of our tasks kind of is... When's the next one going to happen? Now, it's almost impossible to predict because there are so many unknowns about viruses and when they jump into humans and all kinds of things, you know. So it's very hard to predict, but we're keeping a close eye on it. And remember, one thing we really want to be able to do is learn from COVID. And if another pandemic begins, can we be more agile? Can we have less restrictions on our people? Will there be cleverer ways to do it, basically, than we did before to make things better for everybody? Because obviously what happened in COVID had lots of... uh, said lots of lives were saved. Ireland did very well, in my opinion, on COVID because we have the sixth lowest death rate in Europe. Uh, we're in the top third for vaccination. They're two hard numbers. But of course, all the lockdowns and school closures and all the rest of it, people were very perturbed by all that for obvious reasons. It did save lives, though, let's say, say that much. But we do need to learn lessons. And some of the questions are going to be, did we lock down for too long? Should we have kept schools open? Very hard to answer those, by the way. I don't think we'll get a straight answer to them because there's too many variables. But, but certainly that business of, of an inquiry and looking at how we did is important to get ready for the next one. And that's what I'm going to talk about now, the science of the next pandemic. Now, again, don't turn off. People are like, oh, I don't want to hear about this. It's actually very interesting. The science is great. Um, it's also impossible to be exactly precise and predict it. So let's reassure people it won't happen anytime soon probably because too many things have to sort of coalesce for it to happen but certainly here is my view on, on, on when the next pandemic might happen and where it might come from now let me start with COVID itself very important paper just came out literally last night actually which I read closely and this is interesting it turns out it's not uncommon for coronaviruses to jump from bats into humans now, as you all will remember, I hope, this was the COVID-19 virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, jumped from a bat into a human. We don't know how it jumped. Did it jump from a bat in the wild into a human? Was it a lab sample? Was it a bat in a lab? Did someone drop a test tube and did the virus jump that way? We just don't know. Uh, and we can't really say definitively which of those it was. What we can say is it came from a bat. Now, that's important because a study just published in Myanmar, of all places, they went and took samples from lots of workers who work either guano collection, which is the bat droppings collection people, or people who worked in forests where there were bats in Myanmar, chopping down trees or harvesting various sort of crops in forests. They took blood from them and this blood was taken now. These blood samples were pre-pandemic. I want to make that clear as well, by the way. So it's before the pandemic even began. And when they looked at the blood, guess what? They found lots of antibodies to different coronaviruses from bats. So there was evidence that those people had been infected with bat coronaviruses. Now, this not SARS-CoV-2, it's before the pandemic, but certainly related viruses. They found antibodies to those related viruses in the people's blood. And what that tells us is those people were getting infected. Now, clearly they didn't develop a disease and it didn't spread like COVID-19, whatever virus had infected them because these people are healthy, you know. But it just tells us a lot of jumping into humans is happening. And what they found was 12% of the workers had antibodies to coronaviruses. Some of these viruses, I'll give their names, GXP51, RS2019B, and very importantly, RATG13. There are three coronaviruses from bats that had infected humans because they can find antibodies to them. Now, the RATG13 is very important. That is the closest relative to SARS-CoV-2 that we found so far. 
So it looks as if that rat TG13 virus evolved or changed into SARS-CoV-2 and became very mischievous. So did that happen in Myanmar? We don't know. Maybe the rat TG13 did change into COVID-2 there. Who knows? Or was COVID-2 another virus that was infecting people and eventually got a foothold? We just don't know. But it's a very important study because what it means is we've got to watch for this now. Surveillance is going to be very important to measure workers who encounter bats just to see what viruses they're carrying and to watch out in that population to see if they develop disease. And then we can obviously isolate them and look after them and stop it spreading. So what this paper predicts is uh, we must have a lot more surveillance of people who work with bats the whole time to try to kind of, uh, you know, circumvent another coronavirus that will actually make us very sick jumping into humans. And what they conclude is all you need is the right virus <coughs> in the right group of people for this to take off again from bats. So we'd be foolish not to look at that paper very closely and keep a very close eye on viruses from bats infecting humans to try and circumvent the whole pandemic, another pandemic kicking off again. That's my, that's my first um, example of where the next pandemic might come from. It could be another bat virus. Now, the second one, though, is bird flu, a different virus entirely. Now, bird flu is influenza that infects birds. You don't need to be a scientist to spot that. What's bird flu, Luke? It's the flu that infects birds. So this bird flu, there's a huge pandemic happening at the moment in birds with an influenza. It's called H5N1. That's the influenza virus that's infecting birds. It's wiping out birds. And it's worrying for the veterinary people because whole flocks are being wiped out uh, chickens you know any kind of bird is susceptible to infection and it's pretty lethal in these birds there's a, the, the, yes in other words there, there's this virus about that infects birds now the question is will that jump into humans now influenza that infects us You've heard of bird flu before, I'd say. There has been examples of the influenza virus mutating and jumping from a bird into a human before and spreading of it. There's also examples of influenza in pigs, jumping from pigs into humans. And now we have lots of birds infected with H5N1. Now, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be infecting too many humans. In other words, it likes living in birds. It's lethal for the birds, but thankfully it's, when it jumps into a human, it isn't especially dangerous. But there are examples of humans being infected with this. And of course, this is being watched very closely. And guess what? Worryingly, 50% mortality. Now, compare that to COVID for a minute. So COVID's mortality rate overall, when we were all uninfected and we got infected, was in the lower percentile. It's like one, two, three, four, five percent depending on what category you were in. This has 50% mortality. So if it did jump into humans and began to spread among humans, there could be a very high mortality. Now, how would any government respond to a virus with 50% mortality? By God, there'd be a lockdown, wouldn't there? Because you can't have lots of people dying all over the place, can you? So again, it's, it's, it's something that we're, we're watching very closely. Now, now, when did it jump into humans? Well, there's a few examples of it. Uh, 860 people have been infected uh, and 53% in that group died. Uh, in 1997, there was an example of H5N1 jumping into hu- 18 humans and six of them died, you see. So there are examples of H5N1 bird flu jumping into humans and having you know, problems in those humans, and sadly some of them dying. Now, what this means is it's you can only really catch it off birds. If it mutates, though, and now can spread among humans, that's much more serious. And the humans who caught it, they were catching it off birds. They may have been working with birds. They may have come across a bird carcass while out hunting or something, whatever it might be anyway. They were exposed to the virus from the bird. Uh, but the trouble is, given our memory of COVID, if you get human-to-human spread, you're in much more trouble. Because a human on a bus could spread a virus to other humans. So that's the thing they're watching for. Will this mutate 
into a form that jumps more readily from human to human. At the moment, it just goes from bird into human. Now, one other worrying aspect, and let's be totally upfront about this, it has jumped into other mammals as well as humans. So we've, that, that's now on record, that's, that's um, been observed. So for example, sea lions, now this, this sounds a bit peculiar, but they've spotted uh, three, 600 sea lions in Peru have died of H5N1, and overall 3,500 seals have died. They've also seen the virus in dolphins, foxes, otters, and mink. So clearly H5N1 can live in mammals. Now again, it's more than likely that the, these were caught from birds, in the case of the sea creatures, from seabirds, obviously. You know, in the case of the land ones, it could have been a dead carcass of a bird was being eaten or whatever. So it probably originated in, in the seabirds or whatever, in, in, the, in the bird population rather than the mammals themselves. But this, this business of 3,500 seals, that's worried people. Maybe it's jumping from seal to seal. So maybe it has mutated and now can spread among the seal population. We don't want that happening with humans. We don't want it spreading from human to human. And if you look at the toll in birds, it's terrifying. Um, the uh, World Organization for Animal Health, that's a bit of the WHO, but it's for, for, for animals. Uh, there are 42 million cases of bird flu. 15 million domestic birds have died. 193 million birds have been culled. And this has led to an egg shortage, by the way, in some countries. Uh, in South America, 10 countries have reported cases. Uh, in Peru, 55,000 birds have died on the coast. And this is all being measured, you see. 40% of the skua population of Scotland. There's a strange one. So in Scotland, they've noticed skuas dying, that seabird. And, and 40% of the population has died of this H5N1. So it's a lethal virus for birds. Uh, the advice, of course, to farmers is... You've got to cull the flock if you find it. And also keep all the birds indoors if you're a chicken farmer or turkeys or whatever. Keep them indoors because then they won't get infected by wild birds. That, that was the advice. And of course, if, if any farmers are listening in, and you would all know this, I imagine, from the Department of Health, uh, call up the Department of Health any worries at all if you see evidence of, of bird flu in your farm and in your farm animals, especially in birds and other creatures as well. So, so there's all these warnings out there from the Department of Health to keep a close eye on this and try and contain it. The good news is, is there's a vaccine, though, and in fact, in China, they've begun vaccinating their bird stock. Uh, will we start vaccinating here? There's a few issues about vaccination to do with can you use the eggs from a vaccinated chicken, for instance. So I'm not sure. But certainly at the moment, the advice is to cull and to isolate. A lockdown on birds, effectively, is what's happened, I suppose. Uh, but whether, whether we have to start a vaccination campaign, that's up for debate. Um, and then the vaccine will work in humans. So that's good news. So, so let's say there is an outbreak in humans and it begins to spread. And, and that's not beyond the bounds of possibility, given what's happened in the seals, although it can't be predicted accurately. Uh, we want to mobilise that vaccine quickly and get the vaccine out and protect people. Because if there's that very high mortality, we're going to have to start vaccinating, especially the more vulnerable people who would be, as usual, it's the older people who are especially susceptible, you see, to, to the regular flu, isn't it? So, so we've got to get the vaccine out. So we know that the vaccine is there. Uh, one debate I'm noticing at the moment is should we stockpile? H5N1 vaccines in anticipation. Now, the trouble with all this is it's very hard to predict if a mutation will happen. The mutation means a change in the recipe to make the virus, and that alters the virus and now makes it jump between humans. Or you can get viruses mixing, so two different viruses in the one animal, one that infects humans and one doesn't, mixes, and the new virus has some of the traits of the one that can infect humans, and now that can go on to infect humans. So, but it's, a, it's very difficult to predict the probabilities. What I call genomicists try and do that, they look at the genome sequences of these viruses and try and predict it. So, But still, there's a risk of it, and it's being and, and hence we're cautious and we're keeping a very close eye on it. Now it has come to Ireland, I want to make that point as well. Seagulls in Limerick 
Yeah, there's also been cases in Monaghan, for instance. So we know it's in Ireland and the Department of Agriculture knows this and has been alerting people. So again, we've got to watch out now because it's all over the world, really, this bird flu pandemic. And because of this risk that if it did mutate, we're keeping a very, very close eye on it. And if it does jump and become transmissible between humans, our government and every government in the EU will be ready to act. So people shouldn't be too worried in the sense that, oh God, there's a Armageddon coming here. Uh, we were, Hopefully we're all on top of the Department of Health and the HSE are on top of this. Um, but keep an eye on it. But it's one to watch. So, so that's the prospect of bird flu becoming the next pandemic and then also another coronavirus jumping from bats into humans. As I say, the good news is We've all got your best interests at heart, keeping a close eye on these things and planning for what we should do. And the inquiry into COVID, that should only be about what are we going to do when the next pandemic comes. As has been said by lots of people, it's not about finger pointing as that was an emergency situation and people did their best. So let's see what happens next. One to keep an eye on. So there you have it. The science of the next pandemic. Thanks very much for listening. And remember, my podcast is a News Talk production and it's available for download every Thursday. <laughs>